Hello and welcome to Gamers Table. My name is Eric. My name is Pedro Galicia, the GM and creator of Worldwalkers. This is Brandon. And I'm Shannon. What are we talking about this week, Eric? This episode, we are going to talk about Gen Con. Gen Con? <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> That's right. Uh, every time I say Gen Con, they get paid another dollar. Cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> but wait a minute. Pedro, in your introduction, you said uh, you are the GM for World Walkers. Yeah, World Walkers is basically a series of podcasts and live streams that are kind of forming this um, integrated world. Like everything that happens on one world follows the same continuity as the other one. I have jokingly called it the MCU of a podcast and then immediately felt guilty about it and then scrapped <laughs> that from the record. And now it's back on the record. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying the quality of MCU, just the idea of the MCU. What game system is it? Most of it is Dungeons and Dragons, but we recently switched the uh, main podcast that's just called World Walkers over to Pathfinder. We played that this week and we're moving forward with that until everybody hates it and forces me in some kind of fiery (laughs) revolution to change back. So the reason we're having uh, you on with us, Pedro, for uh, our Gen Con episode is because we actually got to meet you at Gen Con. Now, Shannon, and you had met online before. Is this? Yes, I am on his podcast, World Walkers. <laughs> I play Tristana. <laughs> Shannon is one of those where she's she's everywhere. So I don't really even know where she's at most of the time. So I just kind of assume that she's never. I play like the absent-minded uh, uncle or whatever, just kind of like, um, I have no idea what you're doing right now. Brandon, how often do you keep track of what the hell she's doing? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Pedro, how many Gen Cons have you been to? I'm calling it one and a half because I did not enjoy last year. So we're just going to, you know, Gen Con by technicality. And then this year is my first or second, depending on how you're going to make me score. <laughs> and you you live relatively close to Gen Con. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I live in South Bend, Indiana, a.k.a. Notre Dame, if I have to talk in football terms. So it's about two and a half hours away. I don't hmm. think you have to talk. In football terms for this podcast. <laughs> Good, because that's it. That's all I got. I got that. And like, touchdown. <laughs> that actually surprises me. Living, I don't know football. No, no, not that. Uh, living <laughs> living so closely to, uh, to Gen Con and having it only been your first. We, we won't count the actual first. It's like when we say Shannon started playing Dungeons and Dragons with us, started playing role-playing games with us. That's not technically true, but we say it anyway. So uh, <laughs> so that th- that's what we'll say for you is that this was your first Gen Con, and I find that really surprising yeah. because you live relatively close. Well, I have a decent excuse for it, I think, or at least a reason. Basically, I don't play. I only GM. And so the idea of going somewhere and running games for people I don't know seemed weird. And I had anything I needed at a local game store. I don't know board games. I don't know things outside of uh like Dungeons and Dragons, the D20 systems. At least I didn't for a long time. So it was like, do you want to drive down here? Nah. Mm, cool. It's not that far away, so it's like less interesting. I actually definitely get that. I'm I- I'm all about going to a con whenever it's like traveling and going to a con, but whenever it's local, I'm like, do I really do I really want to go? Yeah, I can understand that. When I lived in Chicago, when they have Comic Con and everything, I never really went. And I, mm-hmm. 
was there. Like, yeah. I could have just went, but I just, you could, yeah, yeah. But I was like, nah, I'm good. There's, that's a good point. You build it up, you know, when you're going on a trip and you're like all in, you're there. There's yeah. no like, well, I'll stop by for a few minutes or, you know, I'll yeah, drive there yeah. for the afternoon or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so much of conventions for me anyway are like, it's not the actual, it's not about the actual convention. It's about all the stuff around the convention. And if you're going to one locally, there's not any of that because, it, you just go home. Like, right. that's it. <laughs> right, right. There's no, like, meet up with friends to play a game. Right. You know, Thursday night or whatever. It's, okay, I'm going to go to the convention and I'm going to go home and right. pet my cats and watch TV. <laughs> you know what's Yeah, we discussed whether or not we were going to just drive down and come up the same day. <laughs> like uh, Talking about this Gen Con, we didn't do that. We almost did that. Yeah. Um, but we did the day trip, spend the night, and then come back the next day. So, Brandon, Shannon, you've been to Gen Con with a big group. You've been now just for one day. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on group size, the the event, you know, all of that? The first time I ever went was – Back in like 2005, 2006, it was a small group. It was like three of us. It was nice because it was more personal. Like it was us walking around together and like just kind of like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. When you go with a large group, it's constant chaos of you trying to make sure everybody meets up at certain times or <laughs> texting each other. You're calling each other. You're, and you have so much babysitting to do. Like right. you have so much and not necessarily babysitting, but you have so much just working together to make everything happen the way you wanted it to, to begin with. And right. it never does. Right. It never either somebody's stuck in line for something and you guys are waiting for them at dinner or like something like, you know, it's just, a, so I would say, and especially like this time, I would say the smaller group is definitely the way to go. It's nice if, if you're doing a large group, if we had all planned, like if a bunch of us were going again and we had planned out, games or something like that right. that'd be different but because it was a small amount of us i actually i felt no pressure to worry about time or where we had to be or doing anything like that like you and i we spent most of the time just walking on the floor seeing what was going on right if we were in a giant group there's no way that would happen right we would almost feel like we have we don't have enough time to do that because in like in 30 minutes we have to go meet up and do this and then we have to do that I hate to say it, but it was more relaxing. <laughs> well, Gen Con's not relaxing, but, no. but it was more relaxing. Usually for Gen Con, I spend five days on vacation with Eric. And this time when I was only there for a day and a half, I saw Eric more than all the times I've gone <laughs> for yeah. the five day, the I, full five day trip. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, the first time I went with Eric and everybody else, uh, yeah, no, I saw Eric twice. I saw him the first day and then I saw him again when we did like L5R and then that was it. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the last time and I the, saw Eric. And the steakhouse dinner. Oh, yeah. Okay. So three times. Right. Yeah. Cause I only saw Eric the first night we got there and then at the steakhouse dinner and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> the last well, Gen Con. Eric usually also has his family too there. And it's not, and if he was like off playing the whole time, his wife would hate it because that's not her jam. Right. That's not her jam at yeah, all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. Gen Con or any con, but Gen Con's like, you know, like that's the crown jewel, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, the culmination of what we do, not just as, you know, playing games, but also because the podcast and everything like that. Right. And so I'm very much in my element. My wife is not a gamer, <laughs> but I, I felt 
like monumentally guilty about going and doing all of this stuff and then coming back and telling her how cool everything is and her go, <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I was like, well, you know, and so what I did was I did, uh, for those of you who listened to, uh, our skies of glass, uh, uh, AP with, uh, fear of the boot, uh, we did, I did a, uh, like the original Gil compromise where I would take my wife and daughter to Gen Con, but one of those days, was designated as family day and it was we're going to do something locally not at the con yeah. and at the time i thought man fuck this you know it's it's one whole day of the con that i'm not going to get to <laughs> play games and see see people and stuff now i look back and i'm like we saw some pretty cool interesting stuff, yeah. stuff there's a there's a lot of cool stuff in indy well and and we would always let my daughter pick yeah. something. And, you know, most people, oh, you know, oh, what do you end up doing seeing, you know, Care Bear this or whatever? No. no. My daughter picks, there's a old medical museum out in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> and yeah, that's it, something she'd pick. And, and, and it still has like some of the old jars of like samples and stuff in ah, it. Cool. And you walk in, it's got the old, like, think um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, oh, where yeah. like they have the, the amphitheater looking thing where they do surgeries down at the bottom yeah, and yeah, all yeah. the students are it's sitting. It's condemned. You're not supposed to be in there. <laughs> right. Right. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like urban exploring. Um, <laughs> Museums and quotes. <laughs> right. Museum. Museum. Right. But no, it's just, she would pick weird stuff like that. And I looked back at that and I could tell you some of the games that I played, but I I remember almost every minute of going to these yeah. weird things. I think I honestly I think that's a good thing. If people whoever listens to this and actually goes to Gen Con, take a day to do other things. Cause there's a lot of stuff in Indianapolis to do. And I think you're limiting yourself just to being on the con floor the entire time. Cause right. that stuff's not going anywhere. There's, and it's the same thing every day. Right. <laughs> like, there was the yeah. one year that, uh, Jason, there's a chocolate soda oh, that is only made in Indianapolis. Oh. And it used to be distributed, I think, as far as St. Louis. And that's how he remembered it. It was called, it's called Chocola. Oh, God. And he drug us to the only place in, I think, North America that sells it. Oh. And it was so fucking disgusting. Yeah, it sounds but, fucking nasty. But he was like, oh, it's just like I remember. It's like Yoohoo, but it's like a little bit carbonated. Oh. Uh. <laughs> that sounds – I think I had one of those before too, and that, that was just a mistake in the making. That sounds <laughs> just uh, a big old bottle of regret. Yeah, that sounds gnarly. Oh, uh, I don't know. But that's yeah, it's, it's those those things also. You know, there's like you said, there's so many other things that you can do. And I, yeah. you know, I think about other cons, and I, I I don't have experience with a bunch of other like big cons, but I think you're right. I, I think I would want to do some things like that. Like if I was ever going to go to the big Comic-Con, mm -hmm. San Diego Comic-Con, just like Gen Con, only like times 10, it's getting to the point where it's so big, you almost get lost in it. It's like you get overloaded and it's, you go there intending to do this and you end up doing nothing. And San Diego's gorgeous. If you're going there just for Comic-Con, you're definitely not doing it right because there's it's so nice. It's just expensive. That's a problem. I would like to go to Comic-Con in San Diego. But uh, again, yeah, like you said, it's like ten times the size. It's it's enormous, right? Because even like Gen Con's kind of overwhelming when you're on the floor. Like oh, when you're on the, I, the... I want to go to San Diego Comic Con 15 years ago. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I don't want to yeah. go. I don't want to go to the current version of it. <laughs> I'd rather just go to the one in Chicago, but I never or, went. Or C2E2. C2E2. Well, they have Comic Con there. Yeah, but C2E2s. Usually the C2E2 is actually, yeah, C2E2 is huge now. I remember the first year they did it, I, I actually went to that one 
and it was, was really it was is a that lot. a video game one? No, it's a comic book one. Huh? It was cool the first year I went because they they'd advertised it like crazy. <laughs> now it's huge. It's like one of their biggest cons they have in Chicago. Which so, is saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. So Pedro, you went to Gen Con first time ever, <laughs> and uh, you know now that you've had some time to digest it and and you know the whole experience. What was your take on Gen Con this year? I loved it. It was it was super exciting. I went down primarily for Pathfinder. I was hoping I I could talk to at least one developer and ask them a few questions about switching over the podcast. And instead, I got to hang out with several of them and go in deep with like different conversations about design, how they're going to build for the future. And they sat down and let me take notes on how to convert one of my classes that I designed, you know, for the conversion process. So just the Paizo booth alone was worth going for. That was super fun. Last year, I tried to do it in a day. I had no idea what I was doing and it was overwhelming and I got really sick. And this year I punched out, you know, two days, Friday and Saturday and Friday I went by myself. So speaking back to uh, Brandon's point of like, don't have any friends, which is my general rule. <laughs> for life. Uh, I get to go to any restaurant I want to, but just going and being able to experience it on my own terms, do whatever I wanted to the first day and walk around with no pressure I like talking to people. I don't know if anybody else likes talking to me uh, as much as I like talking to them, <laughs> but I would find people and just start talking to them and stuff. And for me, like I don't buy a lot of stuff. I'm not there to like absorb the booths, you know? Uh, so I would rather go around and talk to a bunch of people. So the people I met were just awesome and phenomenal. I got to meet like, Two cancer nurses who told me about their board gaming experience. I got to talk to all the Uber drivers and the Lyft drivers. So they are all super funny. I don't know. So on that level, it, just getting to meet people and talk to people was easily the highlight. Like the booths, I guess there was some like dice chain mail bags. That's cool, I guess. And, you know, <laughs> there was like 30 different booths about like, have you ever tried playing online? But it's so hard. <laughs> like those all. I'm sure they were cool. They seem like nice people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I got to, I never would have known about, uh, what is it? The 2D20 system Oh yeah, yeah. that you were all hanging out at. I didn't know anything about that until I was hovering around the booth looking at it. That seemed cool. Yeah, uh, that system is actually pretty cool. Um, it's Conan and Star Trek and soon to be Fallout, which is why we were hanging around. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I was really bummed about that. I really thought that that game was coming out at Gen Con. Yep. Next year. But yeah. instead, they were like, here, here's this expansion to the board game. Enjoy uh, that. Yeah, yeah, the old bait and switch. Like, no, they, they, yeah. they made it sound like it was, and, you know, I, I love Modiphius, so I'm I kid with, uh, you know, with love, but it was like, they did kind of try and sell it. Oh, yeah, this, it's the yeah. Fallout game. You walk in and it's like, and they, you couldn't, even looking at the book, you, you couldn't, couldn't tell. tell. Mm -mm. No. I and I was like, mm, we this, had to ask. I, I was looking all over that thing. I even picked up the other book and was just like, this reads like an actual like I I don't know this is this is not but it didn't read like a it wasn't like a player's manual right it was like right. it was like a it was clearly something like it was an addition to something like a conversion or something yeah, yeah. Well, and and yeah. that's kind of what it was it was like a conversion of the board game to being able to play tabletop right. which yeah no thanks like, yeah I'm, I'm going back to what you said earlier too I, I do know in the future have a place to meet people because we yeah. tried meeting <laughs> oh up with God, yeah. Callie who plays the middle-aged Druid on our podcast. And it was just running up and down one hallway 
Going, are you over here? Are you over here? I'm by the band. Well, we're by the band. Well, I'm by the band too. Well, you're not by the band though, but I am by the band. Are you by the Klingon band? <laughs> right. No. You got to start yeah, drilling <laughs> no. down to which I'm band. I'm by the Mario band. What is a Mario? There's no fucking Mario band. <laughs> ah, but you're on the other side of the building. Oh. Yeah. And just trying to make that. And then like Gen Con is so large that I thought the dealer's hall was Gen Con. Uh, so like going and finding out there's a whole nother section of people who are just playing like blew my mind because they're like oh i played at gen con i'm like where the cafeteria is not big enough like that little eatery is not nearly oh my god it was like watching like that first star destroyer come in on like new hope it's like (laughs) it's still coming yeah they had two areas this time the last time i was there they only had the one but then this time where they opened it up into the arena was pretty cool yeah that was awesome yeah and then they have all the small rooms around as well to think something uh uh, so nerdy was happening on something so <laughs> so testosterone driven, <laughs> right? <laughs> it, just, it must take them weeks to wipe our stench. <laughs> I'd never actually been in that stadium before. Yeah, and, and the first time I go there is there's a gaming convention happening and people are playing tabletop games. It was pretty cool, right? I did. Yeah. I did like that in the stadium. They had like a little area for if you are like into football. Yeah. Like they had a little area roped off where you could like take get on the grass, touch take the, a picture. Yeah. Well, the, the astroturf you could. Touch right. Well, you know what I mean. The football. <laughs> oh yeah, the football grass. Yeah, Mike. Mike even asked about that. Was like, you were on the field. I said, yeah, there was a little section where you can actually get onto the the turf and everything. He was like, because <gasps> he's a <laughs> he's a huge Colts fan. Pictures of that, know, but he yeah. was still. He was still going to ask. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a big Colts fan. So, <laughs> yeah. Going to, you know, talk about the find a place to meet people. That's one of the philosophies we had early on when we started doing, uh, the Wednesday night at the Ram. And it, it, that actually started. And I, we've probably, I know we've talked about this before, but, uh, that actually started kind of organically. It was like Wednesday mm-hmm. night. We were like, Oh, let's go eat at the Ram. And I think it was Dan said, Hey, there's spot open you know, outside on the patio and it's nice out. Let's just go sit there. And as we were sitting there and as people left, we had such a massive group and we were just like, co-op that table, co-op that table. And we ended up taking over the entire patio. patio. And that, you know, how many years did we do that? What, four? I've been at Gen Con four times that we've done it. Right. And I missed at least one year. So, And that just became our thing was Wednesday, if you listen to the podcast and you're going to be at Gen Con, you know that we will be there. How many times have we met people that, you know, walked up and was like, oh, yeah, I listened to this and that. And oh, I've never heard your, your show before. I'll give it a listen. So having a place to meet people, especially when you're not just, you know, meeting friends that you know are there, especially if you pick a spot and tell people, your listeners, that you're going to be there and whatnot, I guarantee you. you that's know. Yeah, that's what I want to do next year. I really want to, like, organize more, like – this year, I wanted to kind of just get a feel and scout it out and see what's up. And next year, if everything goes well, um, I'm hoping to do a panel out there or two and then have like a listener meetup as well. Yeah. I've never done a panel, though. I've, I've gone to panels, never done a panel. I'm not quite sure how I would well, do with it. I, yeah. Well, I found out like you have to start, even if you don't think anyone's going to show up, you need to start building your credibility to get to the places you want to be in terms of like the inner workings of Gen Con. Because like you host a panel and then you turn in your stats and then they use the information to start letting you get into bigger and bigger rooms. Oh, so like, okay, let's yeah. say, let's say you had a moderately sized 
podcast that you were like, okay, we're ready to do this now. Like anyone listening and wants to do it. Like you, you've got a podcast. You feel like you can ready. You're going to do this panel. If you don't have any proof to them and they use their own inner statistics to help figure this out, if you've never done a panel there, it's going to be really hard for you to get a good panel space. So like, regardless of whatever happens next year, I want to start building that up so that, yeah, I can get in there because I didn't know that until this year. Right. I would imagine the space is also very limited at this point because so many people want to do those things. Yeah. And they have like, you can go into Lucas oil down, you go down this long ramp and it's like all the way on the outskirts of the whole area. And they have more spaces there, but that's, where you'll end up probably the first couple times because you don't have any proof or any, you don't have a relationship essentially. Right. So I want to start that now so that I can start building up some kind of rep with them or something, which is, I'm also really excited because the people, uh, I don't know if you were there for that, Shannon, when we started telling, like I was telling some of the people that are in the podcast have never done podcasting before. And I was like, you know, you need to start thinking yourself as, like you're you're a cast member you're you know you're in a podcast you're a podcaster and like oh (laughs) oh we're just used to like making you think that you're a podcaster (laughs) oh man and i just support casters yeah they're yeah yeah (laughs) it's rather surreal when you start doing stuff and and people and we've talked about this before where shannon and mike were at a game and somebody was wearing one of our shirts you yep. know, and it was like, yeah, what? <laughs> you yeah. know, and- I did meet people who were World Walker, uh, World Walkers listeners. So that was cool. Um, like I'd pan out a business card and it's like, Oh, I already know this one. And I was like, Oh, hell yeah. And I, <laughs> I took down some sticker sets uh-huh. that we had from the, uh, cause we have different casts for, for whatever season. So like seasons one through three was one cast and now season four has a new cast. And so I had stickers of the old cast and I was able to give all those away to people. I used a picture of me to help people find me. And it was when I used to be an insurance agent for uh, Aflac. So like I'm dressed up, but I'm kissing the duck like really weirdly. And someone, man, it was hilarious. I, I, I love, I, my wife, short story is that my wife needed model subjects for her uh, photography class. So I took the duck <laughs> oh my God. and I posed for that. I didn't make it in insurance. It's weird. Um, and so <laughs> what's wrong with that? I, yeah, <laughs> but it, but it, and it was pre tsunami Affleck duck too. So he, you know, it was Gilbert Godfrey and the duck, because mm. uh, they talk. And so somebody was like, "Are you going to bring the duck?" So I brought them a small little duck <laughs> from Affleck because that's why I got in the game. Like help people, sure, whatever. And then when you're an Affleck employee, you can buy the ducks and they do little outfits and stuff like that. <laughs> and so I, I have a collection of them uh, downstairs in the basement, which doesn't sound creepy. It's better than clowns, I suppose. Oh, I should have got a clown duck. So we went for uh, Saturday and Sunday. So we one of the main draws for us this year was that our friend Dave who is Monkey Fun Studio, wanted to play test his new game, which is going to be coming out very soon. And we got to play that. That was a very fun, uh, fun time. Although I think we probably imbibed a little bit too much. 
Um, which uh, that's <laughs> I got a text in the middle of the night from Shannon who's like, "Hey, sorry, I didn't get back to you or something like that." I was like, "I drank a lot." <laughs> yeah, I I felt bad because like I had a text message and you know you know how it is you don't consider things like time. So, but it was uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm not going to go into too many details. I'm not because I'm not quite sure if I'm supposed to, but uh, the, the only thing I'll say about that is I don't think I could play one of his games without him running it for me. Oh yeah. Because yeah. Ooh, he was so, he just made the, he just made it come to life. Right. He's it the, was so animated. Right. It was insane. Uh, I like to equate it as remember the, uh, when we were kids, the, the little rubber pinky balls, he's, <laughs> yeah. he is a pinky ball. He's like a human yeah. pinky ball. He like, bah, 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 he bah, was bah, all bah, over bah, the place. <laughs> like he, he could not sit down. While he did it, he had to stand and move and do all this. Yeah, but, I thought it was really funny. Was so great. I've never played an in-person game with Dave uh, until Gen Con. But, like, I thought it was funny because he was looking for a chair. And it's like, I've only played with you online and I know you don't need a chair. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just exude that energy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which it was funny because he was like uh, – I I was under the impression that he had already like this was going to be some sort of like a ticketed thing or something like that where he had already gotten a room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so then when we show up, he's like, "Oh no, we were just going to play in the open gaming area." I was like, oh, "Okay." And then we go in there. I was like, "Well, there's no tables." Yeah. So very indicative of Gen Con, and it uh, this is something that uh, I like to point out is that it doesn't matter. If you know you have some preconceived area where you want to play, no, it's there is gaming, always, man. Yeah, yeah, there is always somewhere to play. Yeah. All you got to do is usually just wait a few minutes, and somebody will get up from yeah. wherever they are, and you mm-hmm. can sit there. And we ended up, we were sit. It was down in the. It was in, it's the, in the lobby. lobby. It's in the hotel yeah. lobby. Yeah, in the hotel lobby. Uh, we had taken over this gigantic couch, uh, this table, like and then we had table. one one armchair. Yeah, and <laughs> and um, anybody who knows us, I mean. When we play, we can get loud yeah. and we can also get kind of raunchy. Right. Um, so I'm sure that people walking around were like, uh, there was a couple people like the, the yeah. one dude, the, they always get the one rando who walks over and like oh, just stands God. there so awkwardly. That guy came by multiple times and just stood there and looked at it. And Dave goes, can I help you? And the guy goes, hey, I think, I think he was German. I don't think he was, <laughs> he was German, I think. And he, and he said something, he said no with like a really thick accent. And then just like stood there, right. like looking at everything, and and David's kind of like, okay, and he's just like <laughs> trying to like pretend like the guy's not there, and the guy walked away. Five, ten, oh, fifteen man. minutes later, the guy moseys on back over, right. <laughs> like, and that's I, always the risk. <laughs> I used to work out of a game store when I used to do uh, GMing, and I'd forgotten that that was totally a thing. Yeah, you're oh, sitting yeah. there. I'm I'm running, I'm doing my thing, and then somebody would just come up with like a drink. And watch. Now, I mean, I was cool with it, but the players, like, I don't care. I'm, I'm a, I'm yeah. weird. I, I'll perform in front of whoever, but like, the players are like, um, so are you supposed to be here? <laughs> right. You know, it, it's it wouldn't I'm be that. All. Go ahead. It wouldn't have been that bad. It wouldn't have been that bad if the guy was like, if he was just appreciating what was happening from afar, yeah. or like sort of there. Right. He wasn't sort of there. He was yeah, there. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was like right up on Dave. Yeah, like he was he, like he was gonna start dry humping. It looked like he was about to start picking up pieces of paper that were on the table too and start looking at them. Like yeah, he was oh, really man. yeah he was really yeah. involved. 
That's like a thing, man, because I've had that too. I just used to call it dead face where they would walk over there (laughs) and like you could see that they were breathing, but their face was rigor mortis. Because they didn't want to show too much interest because then then they would look like they were too interested. No, I think that their hearts were dead. I think they they would walk up and they were like, this is as much interest as I've ever had in anything. And then they would just bend Stein into a fucking statue and they would that's it and you're like you can't do anything yeah. like i mean you could and kick them out or whatever oh man i'd forgotten all about that sometimes <laughs> however whenever you're playing a game the person who walks by is the creator of the game oh yeah and they sign your card oh. they sign oh, a card yeah. from the yeah. game that happened uh the last, the last time, time we went to gen con cool. we were playing one of uh looney labs games and what's his name is it andrew looney i think the guy who created the game <laughs> created flux <laughs> created flux and chrononauts and yeah. um you know several others i think we were playing chrononauts we were playing chrononauts and he he stopped by and uh we didn't recognize him but we were there with the angry gm and he recognized him mm-hmm. and was like oh and then shook his hand and we we're like i to be fair i had never even played like i never played that game i'd played flux one time i didn't know the creator was at all right and then he's like oh this is the creator of the game and i'm like oh cool the guy was super super like out there but in the best way <laughs> yeah. like, he was so nice he had like an entourage of, like five people or something it was like, like that. other game designers but yeah they said that they had uh they kept score yeah of who games playing, were being played? Yeah, he was oh, like, yeah, yeah. we're so keeping. So he got a point. Yeah, he got a point, and he uh, he hands out cards. So instead of like a regular business card, he has a flux card that is himself because you've played flux, right? Yeah, yeah. So each one's like a themed thing, right? Right. His was himself, and it even <laughs> has rules on the card that it's only valid if he signed it, and so he signs it on the bottom and gives. Nice. It to him. God, that so, is a great a great thing to do. Yeah, and it's know? like it's like a it's basically like a trump card. You can use it. For like almost anything, and I think it was a keeper that can replace other keepers. Yeah, like a wild, which is like a card. good one though. Yeah. Like it's a really good card, and uh, yeah, so we got that one. That was pretty cool. It was he was actually really nice. He was really nice. He actually meeting him made me appreciate the game more, which says a lot about that. Stuff actually, like that. is a is a very good point. Yeah. Is and especially at Gen Con because a lot of people who go to Gen Con. You know, that, that are designers, they're working. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. It's one of their biggest like work weekends of the year. Yeah. And, you know, they're networking and all that other stuff. So to actually meet them and, and be able to interact, you know, like, like what you said, Pedro, where, you know, you went to the Paizo booth and it wasn't just, Oh, here, let me pedal my crap to you. It's, yeah, yeah let's, yeah. let's sit down. Let's really figure this out and let's, let's work on this. And that's, that kind of stuff has a lasting impact. And the reason I bring yeah. that up is because of the absolute lack of presence of Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. They're, I, oh. it's crazy. Cause <laughs> I have to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I, I've seen them at Gen Con before, like yeah. way back in the day. And now, they, yeah, they used to come and then they're like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, I will say it's kind of like they think they're too big to be there or well, something. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. to be fair. Okay. But at the same time, that's kind of like, I don't know, you're better than gaming. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're going to buy our shit anyway. We don't have to be there. Well, and that's kind that's of kind the, of it. Well, yeah. 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 I, I know originally when they made that decision, it was either they could go to Gen Con and or go like, to smaller ones or right? go to a bunch of smaller ones. But I don't know if they kept that up. I don't I just, think they go to I know that ones. first year they did. Yeah. 
Um, but I don't know if they, they still do. But how hard is it to have a booth there? You know what I mean? Like right. you could easily That's have a I booth think. there when you're that big of a company. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's money. They make plenty well, hand over fist money. And they've said before too that one of the reasons they don't is because it doesn't line up with their release schedule that they are slotted to do releases at this time. Yeah. So it doesn't behoove them to show up where people might want to talk to them as if they were actual human fucking beings and engage <laughs> with them because it doesn't fit a bottom line. And I'm not yeah. bitter myself. I <laughs> no, I just fuck them. <laughs> that's not emotional. I just think, I just think if they had even a smaller booth, you know, like somewhere that was represented, because well, everyone's represented. No, yeah, it'd be super cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give it, do a panel. Yeah, because how hard is it to get somebody from the company just to go? Like, right? I don't even need a Perkins or a Merrill's. Like, I'll take like a Crawford or the people from Dragon Talk. I mean, <laughs> Greg Tito has time. I'd have to assume, right? He's like, too busy. He's too busy replacing books that they're binding broke. Isn't that why he? Isn't that why he? Isn't he the one you reach out to? I, for I that? think. I think so. Yeah. He's their PR. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He follows me on Twitter, but not because I matter. I think he just follows every single person that does any kind of D and D related content. I, so. I will say. I will say this: they it, them not being there is better than uh, what booth was it we went to where they just handed us a menu like it was a goddamn restaurant. <laughs> Um, I don't remember. You don't remember? Was that the... They probably... Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. We I... walked up and we were like, what the hell is this? And then we were in line all of a sudden and we were like, wait. Oh, we get that stuff? was Fantasy Flight Games. Oh, yeah, Fantasy Flight. Yeah, yeah. Fantasy Flight's oh. booth was fucking trash. Like, yeah. sorry. Yeah, it was. But it was like, <laughs> oh, here's a menu of our things. Right. What the fuck is this? Right. Like, so, so they had yeah. like this big open space because it wasn't just like a single booth. They had yeah. like a piezo sized booth. Area, yeah, it was, but it was just for but a theirs line. Was just a line, and they, then it had cashiers. Yeah, they didn't, yeah. They didn't they, have anything set up or anything like that. Oh no, they had a glass, the one glass shelf of uh, some of the things that they offered, and that right. was it. And, and, it, like, what right. the fuck and it's is like because like we we thought that you just had to go inside, yeah. and then it'd be because some up. of them have like it set up where it's a store, right? right. You yeah, walk yeah, in, right? Right. Well, Paizo is the perfect example of that. Yeah, or even um some of the board game uh companies well, yeah, they'll where have they ones have, like, where walls. Basically. That they have yeah they have walls set up to where you walk in and you kind of like can look around and stuff and but like yeah in Paizo Paizo has like it's like a store set up in a giant area but this was this was a joke oh, I, yeah. I was so upset with I that. forgot all about that until you yeah. just brought it up but yeah. yeah it was like it was it got to the um and I kind of think it reminds me of when I think it might have been the last year that Wizards was there. Yeah. And it was, it was like a, you right walked the last time my dad didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointment all over. Right. Um you walked it's like this is it? Well I mean what the fuck are you taking up all this space for? Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. I can look this shit up online and just order it online. <laughs> right. Right. Like I don't I don't go to Gen Con like you're not going to get me an impulse buy, like to impulse buy one of your games <laughs> by picture. handing me a menu. Yeah. Like, yeah. let me let me see that game, let me touch well, it, and then and then I'm going to impulse buy it. Right. Yeah. That's that's yeah. one of the main points of retail. Right. That's how is, Catalyst got us. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Especially yeah. you. So yeah. you know, you walk you walk in and you see things under the bright lights. It looks beautiful. It's yep. pretty. And and Fantasy Flight games are beautiful yeah they're really for the yeah. most part you walk yeah. and you're like oh man those are so nice yeah. those minis are so nice yep. you know that kind of thing and 
you know, then you buy it and then you come home to your 60 watt bulbs and you're like, this doesn't look nearly as shiny as what it did. Yeah, it was really, I it was get really some better lights. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a really shed, a sad showing of what they, what they read, had there. And it's, and it's indicative of, um, kind of what we we're talking about with wizards is they're so big. Yeah. They know you're going to buy their shit. They're, they're like drug dealers, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, they know yeah, yeah. that they know that they've got you hooked. Yeah. And you're going to shoot their shit as soon as you walk out the door. You're buying <laughs> all those books. Right. And exactly. as soon as we release one, you're getting it. Exactly. So might as well give up the ass and just do it now. Yeah. Jokes you know on saying? you, Fantasy Flight. We turned around and did not buy anything. We, we no, actually. Yeah. yeah. As soon as we saw, as soon as that guy handed us a menu, I was like, no. I'm not. Right. I'm not the, fucking doing it. It was almost. It was almost insulting. It, oh no! It was insulting. It was like, here's sheep. Here's a menu. Like, what do you want to buy? Like, right. here, don't waste our time let's looking around. You in here, right. and then yeah. and then buy something. Oh. Well, and if you if you want to buy something from a menu, like you can do that online. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's I, called Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm really, I'm really. Uh, I, I think it's awesome that you had that chance with Paizo to talk to them and everything, and it sounds like they were really. You know, into oh, people man. being there, and uh, I, I was, was able to design the summoner class in one day because of the notes they gave, which is awesome. Like that's something I don't. Yeah, that's something insane. I don't think you can get anywhere else, which is why it's fun to go. Right. But yeah. um, I was a little let down by the catalyst booth because it did seem like they were just peddling stuff. Right. They well, weren't. They weren't really wanting to talk to us about the game. They were I, like, "Hey, I you can get this." They were, little, they were also a little like embarrassed that they undermade sixth yeah. edition Shadowrun. Well, uh, well, you weren't. I don't know if you were next to me when this guy did this, but or maybe you were. I don't know. <laughs> so the guy, so the guys that were there, they all work for Catalyst, right? And there was that older gentleman with the the mustache and the glasses, and and then there was uh, some other guy there that was just some normal dude. He's not memorable. That's why I don't, <laughs> I don't remember anything about him. He was a normal height was with brown hair. Dude. What else do you want, Shannon? He had some kind of face. Yeah, he had he had one of those faces. You I know the I, face. I don't know what people look like. So the Ben Stein dead face. So they heard. They overheard. I think it was both of us. He overheard us talking about making a decision on that version, and then they were talking to each other as though they were actually having a conversation of the product that they both helped put together. Like. Oh yeah, you know what my favorite thing about this is? And it was like a commercial. It's like, you know what my favorite oh, thing like, about this like, is? Like we caught them in the middle of their yeah. conversation. Like, oh, oh yeah, no. And like they were trying to like they wanted us to overhear their conversation about how much I how much he loved this portion of what this thing offered. And like that, that was me and you. That was me and you. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was you and I or when the many times that Eric and I went by that table and went, God damn it, it's a hundred dollars. Right. But we still bought it. But still, I was not <laughs> going to. Had I been with you, I was not going to spend what was it five hundred? Yeah, on the ridiculously priced right. collector's edition with nothing worth of a collector's edition. Like the stuff that it came with was not anything. That actually brings me to my next uh, subject, which is walking around. The thing that hit that struck me the most was, and having gone for so many years, yeah. I've seen Gen Con transition, mm -hmm. you know, from the old school gamer style, you know, where you're walking around and, you know, it's not will you encounter gamer funk, but just how much compounded gamer funk are you <laughs> going to be exposed to? Um, to now I'm walking around and I'm just looking at the people just, you know, walking around and you see a lot of the same faces and things like that. So, yeah. you know, you're going to see that. But to me, the crowd was much younger. 
Yeah, that's true. It was really young. Um, and I'm talking like younger, like meaning younger than me. So, you yeah, know, like my age, your age, yeah. yeah, you know, maybe the, you know, the generation like just above my daughter's age. So in, you know, in, in like, yeah, anywhere between like 20 to maybe like 35. Right. And was really the difference. And as I'm looking at this. And, you know, you hear the jokes or the people, the snark about, you know, oh, well, millennials don't have disposable income. And I'm like, no, there's some disposable income going around here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I think it actually, you know, gaming wise, you know, a lot of this, this younger crowd and, and people will want to say that, uh, things like critical role, uh, had a big effect on that. And there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that that's true. Sure. Because, yeah. you know, you have something that popular essentially turbocharge injection into the into the hobby and i'm looking at these these younger people you know just buying things and i'm like wow it, you know what a great time to be in this hobby you yeah, know for sure and, and just mm-hmm. you know and how accepted some of the things are i mean we went to that one booth and i would never have stopped there in a hundred million years yeah but you stopped there because it had the 3D panel art or oh, the, yeah. the glass art. Yeah, one that I spent too much oh. money on. And I'm looking at this. <laughs> the and one I'm, I couldn't get to. I was just, I'm just jealous of Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> they're on, they're online, by the way. Yeah. It's and, too late. And, <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> so uh, for those who weren't at Gen Con, what, what am I talking about? Uh, it was like, uh, it took moments in like, uh, Super Nintendo games, Sega games, things like that. So like 16 bit sprites but that made them 3d so it gave them layers so it was like four glass panels and each one had what would be an actual layer on the game which that's actually how those games work is they're layered that way and it put them into like a a frame with all these glass uh panels and it just looks really cool it actually looks it looks like you're looking into that setting. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Uh, it was called Artovision 3D. There's a plug right there. You're there you welcome. go. Artovision. Yes. Uh, Artovision3D.com. Yeah. Uh, amazing stuff. And so I'm standing there as Brandon's looking at this. And I mean, you, uh, it's very lucky that, you know, he was uh, facing away uh, from me and towards the booth and not out because I think people would have probably tripped on your boner. But um, <laughs> it was. I'm sitting there looking at this stuff. It's a dis and a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, and I'm looking at these things and I, I admittedly, I'm not a, a video game guy, but I mean, I did play some of those games. And yeah. as I'm looking at, it, I'm like, that's the old Popeye video game. Yeah. Like they had arcade the, game. yeah, they had the Popeye arcade game. I was game. like, wow. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that in yeah. like probably 30 years. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And it looked, it looked exactly like I was, Standing there playing the game. Yeah, it was awesome. Did you hear that guy's story? No. Uh, So the guy, so there was a guy that specifically was like, I'm fucking buying this right now, man. Like (laughs) right now, brother. Cause he had a fucking Popeye tattoo on his arm. He was like showing pictures of the original Popeye arcade machine that he refurbished himself. Like that was like his favorite childhood, like video game of all time. And this man like loves Popeye the arcade game. He had like, seriously, like on his arm, he had like some of the sprite work. Wow. On like tattooed on him, and the guy was like, "I'm fucking buying this right now, brother. Look at this. Right, let me show these pictures." <laughs> and this guy was all about it, and I was like, "That's fucking cool." Like this you, dude. I, I mean, and you got to witness that first. Yeah, that was really I mean, cool. The, those are moments. I mean, that guy will have that art, obviously, and he'll remember that. Yeah, you know, and that's that's just one of those things that I think that 
is a boon for going to a con. Oh, yeah, is those sure. little moments where you see things like that, where yeah. that's pure joy. Yeah, I would have never. I I think I had seen something like that online before, and I completely forgot about it because usually if I see something online, I'm like, oh man, I got to remember that, and I never do because mm-hmm. you see shit constantly. So, right. But seeing it in person made a world of difference because if yep. you look them up online. They just look like they glass. don't look. Yeah, they yeah. don't show. It. It's like, I, oh, cool! I remember that screenshot. Yeah. In, I, in I person, also, it's great because it's like stereoscopic 3D. I also think there's a little bit of it. If you saw that online, you'd be like, "Oh, price tag." Yeah. No way. Versus at Gen Con, it's like, "Okay, I'm going to spend this much money at Gen Con, uh, and that's my that's my budget for Gen Con. And I can just blow it all on whatever I want." So right, you can yeah. buy the expensive thing instead of the three tax free. Yeah, the three cheaper things. Yeah, Yeah. We just had a conversation about that, actually. It's funny. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I saw a lot of stuff at a lot of booths that I thought was really cool that I would have loved to have bought. But some things, man, they're so expensive. Yeah. But speaking of, I know you guys bought your your books from the Paizo uh, Mm -hmm. area. I literally bought my – Don't say that on the podcast. I'm saying it on the podcast. (laughs) I actually bought our Pathfinder book from Amazon while Eric was like, in the bathroom because <laughs> like, we just went by there and I was like, hmm, I wonder what it is on Amazon. And it was like $20 cheaper. Yeah. And I go, yeah. Mm, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and buy it here because the tax free don't mean shit if yeah. this is just way cheaper. So I was like, OK, it'll be here by the time we get home. Right. <laughs> and, and it was. I, and it was. Yeah. I, I thought a lot about it um, before I got to Gen Con and I was like, no, because I had the play test signed by um, Jason Bowman. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't want to have the play test like signed but not the actual book so i got it jason bowman and i got mark to sign it some of the monster designers and that was that was worth it for me but the only downside now is i'm terrified someone's like can i see the book real quick and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) why i sent you the pdf i sent you the pdf what do you want to do i mean what what, what, what are you gonna do with the book just print it out print out the pdf i liked when uh when you guys were talking about so we played last night for the first time and Pedro's wife was nervous to use their book because <laughs> oh fair. no it's Pedro you've, you've even no, <laughs> you've even like gave your wife anxiety about using this book no I don't think she was no no um, <laughs> you know she just treated it with the proper level of respect I don't know what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> the proper level <laughs> with her white gloves that you make her wear, That's right? Like, yeah, like working in yeah. a, you know, with a work of art. Yeah, exactly. She's got like these long tweezers, and she operates under the glass. Just <laughs> That's right. I can't hear the pages turn, but it looks like it's going to work. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We, we laugh about that stuff, but you know, some people uh, like that, man. Well, not 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 just that. I yes, they are, but uh, not just that. But I'm sitting here and I'm looking at my fifth edition oh, Shadowrun yeah. book, which I got this the limited edition with the gold foil on the on the spine. Yeah. And it was that was our game copy. That's what because unlike other game masters, I don't make my players like buy their own shit. So I'm like, you know, okay, yes, right. you can use mine. And I and for the most part, it's okay. Um, but that one, like the page, you know, like the, the gold foils, like rubbed off from people, you know, using it. And, you know, I don't know how, who were, was using it all that much. Cause I think most everybody had a book. So mm-hmm. it must have been like one of those situations where like maybe somebody forgot one. Cause like I bought a book right away. I think Shannon, don't you have your own book too? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We just have one book, baby. Typically that book didn't get used that much. Right. So it's kinda it's if it's kinda crappy that the, the gold leaf kinda like right. started rubbing off. And so I'm looking at, you know, like the sixth edition book or, you know, just some of the other things that I have. The carbon black. Right. And book. yeah. The, and <laughs> I'm sitting here holding my two D twenty Conan book. Oh yeah. I have two of the main book. Yeah. Because I have one that I keep where I sit and read, I have it sitting there because that's my copy. Yeah. The one in the game room is for all the other schlubs. Who, you know. <laughs> we we have that Just one. Just about everyone bought that book too. I know. I know. Yeah. Palm greasers. We have that one in the player's book, and I like the player's book a little more for, yeah. for, for being for an actual player. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's actually put together better. On the full right. book. But I do have things that have been signed by people and things like that, and I'm, I'm Pedro. I'm, the same way. I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I want. I almost yeah. want to like get another copy of this because I don't want. I'm probably going to do that up. with the Shadowrun book. I'm probably going to yeah. buy a, a regular. You know ass what? One. I, I looked at that today. Yeah. Did, you, did you see how much the regular ones are going for? No. They're like seventy dollars. Shut up! I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? Is that because they're not released? Yet I guess. Or? I guess people are yeah, third sellers. They're and... gonna be available like in October. Just, is, yeah. is it that? Here's the thing, right? Like, we didn't necessarily need it. It was more of a hype mm. thing for us. Like, I really love Shadowrun, and I was really excited. It was about the so new. much a hype thing. It was now so much a hype thing. We're too nervous to even open the book. Yeah, it, but like, <laughs> if. If, you know, your game group was that it hinged on you having that book, right. like if you were the only person going to Gen Con right. and you were the only, you were the person that was supposed to get that book, then yes, maybe you should really worry about getting it or ordering one of these $70 ones. Right. But it's going to be available. It's right. going to be available yeah, and it's going to yeah. be a lot cheaper, like almost immediately. Like usually right. you get discounts like within like the first couple months of that book. Right. So unless you're really going to start playing it right away. Do you need it? I think talking about uh, being like doing podcasts and stuff like that. I've talked and li- you know like lurked on some of the uh, the Shadowrun podcasts, yeah. you know, like Discords and things like that. And there was a lot of pressure for people to get Sixth Edition because yeah. they felt like if you if stay our, ahead of the curve, right? yeah, exactly, yeah. you're staying ahead of the curve. And I'm thinking to myself, it would be nice to run a Sixth Edition Shadowrun game, and I, we have the luxury of doing a you know an Anarchy game, so it's like. You know what? There's two books for Anarchy: the Chicago book and the main book, and that's it. I didn't even remember there was a Chicago book. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, it's like there is no staying ahead of the curve. You know, yeah. it's there. That's a really interesting topic. I have to dig into some other time with you guys because, like, our group is split over whether or not you should play the newest edition or whether or not you pick the edition that you love. In my opinion. You should play whatever you love, or if you're already in a game system, play that game system. Unless they're like changing something like a big fundamental change and you guys like really want to try it out, then try it out. There's no, there's no problem. Like if it doesn't work out, you could always go back, right? It's just the system itself that changes. Right. You're a better man than me. Well, (laughs) it's it's like, it's like having somebody trying, you know, it's like, oh, here's, here's this something that you've gotten used to. And here's the new shiny. shiny, And then you get the people go, oh, the new shiny. I like this. But then there's the other people go, ooh, I kind of like the, you know, I don't like this. What's wrong with what the one we have? Right. I'm a big old hypocrite because I'm like, Everybody, just play what you want. And meanwhile, I'm like, new shiny all the way. No one's allowed to play the old game. It's new shiny time. That's how I am, too. Like, I, the advice I give 
is different than the house I live in. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. When I'm I'm like that in that like I want to jump onto the new like the new version of the system, and if I have to go back, I'll probably just find a new system because typically I've I spent enough time in that system that when when a new system comes out, I'm probably actually ready to shift. Yeah, if I mean so. if it's a if it's an ongoing game, I mean I don't think it's a big deal to to change yeah. it up if you want to, but right, like, uh, like we're never going back to three point five, even though I I have I have opinions on D and D five. Like, <laughs> my, I think I'm not. Yeah, I'm not I, turning the clock back. I always worry that if if you do switch systems, so you may just start a new game. Right, that's, that's the problem. That's, that's like what you're talking about, Pedro. Switching from D and D to Pathfinder. Yeah. I, it sounds like oh well, that's kind of a lateral move, but it's, it's not. not. It no. really not is not. <laughs> All all of our our characters are so different. Right. It takes a lot of guts, I think, to, especially if you're putting it out there for people to listen to, to go. You'd be really proud of Shannon, actually, because she finished a character before game. What? Yeah. Well, it wasn't even your game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. How pissed are you right now? Did you hear Pedro? Which game? She oh, worked on like it more. She worked on it more than any other oh, character. I'll say that's I, I it. That's, wasn't, I well, that's cool. Then. You I wasn't didn't done. finish that? Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> no, I was finishing it. She goes, there's a point in the game, right? We're going <laughs> through. And she goes, hey, hey, literally, like, like basically looking over at the person's uh, <laughs> test next to her, right? She's like, hey, what did what spells did you take? <laughs> okay, I'll just, I just, I'll just change mine out as as we play then. And I was like, no, I didn't. I put just it back. Change, no, I know, she, I know. Like, you can't just change your spells out as we play. And you're like, eh, we'll she see. spent so much time sitting next to me making this character, and I'm like, all right, well, she's Aww. finally gonna finish one, right? And then she's like, okay, well, all I have to do is pick spells. That's all I have to do. That and equipment, and I'm done. Yeah. And then and it then sounds like on, she she's didn't. Like, oh, do I don't that. have all my feats. Yeah, I well, you know what? I'm not surprised. To, to be fair, I I I got twice as many feats as I thought I was supposed to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So, so like I didn't have I I had feats picked out, but it wasn't all of them. Uh, so that was my mistake. Hey, that's it at was least kind a good of like mistake. Almost an incomplete character is what I guess. Yes, I, yes, it was almost like I didn't have my character finished. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel so bad. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the I'm norm. Indicated. That's the yes. that's the oh, regular. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's a, that's a Thursday. <laughs> yeah, that's a Thursday. <laughs> that's, that's a, a Thursday. Sh- that's Shannon's mo. That's just that's just how she is. But I will say, like, I've gotten feedback from people that listen to the podcast, and that's one thing that they seem to enjoy is the fact that we're not afraid to switch things up. Because I had I had a cast from seasons one to three, and they're all professional cartoonists, and that was kind of the the original hook of the podcast. Oh, that's cool. And then after three seasons, it worked out, and their story wrapped up. And so they still played another side game, but like, you know, we wrapped up that time on the podcast and I just got new players and I was really worried at first that people would be like, yes, like they would do like the Buffy vampire reveal. Like, but, um, (laughs) no, they were like, that's really cool and really crazy. And that's very brave because people don't ever want to change things. So that was awesome. And then I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. (sighs) I think, I think, so now as no a, cast member safe. I think, as a, <laughs> it'll, it'll be seen as progressive. <laughs> right. I think, I think as a podcast though, like you changing constantly is a warranted. You have to, right? Like you don't want to be stagnant. If you keep with the same old yeah. game and a new game comes yeah. out, everybody wants to listen to the new game, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're maybe, maybe they have, they're on the fence about buying the new game. 
They want to know what it's like. Right. So if you're playing the new game, they're more likely to buy it or get into it. And I think you kind of, you kind of owe it to people, I guess. Not really owe it to people, but it's kind of, it's a way to keep it fresh. It's a way to keep it new. A lot of times, and I hear this a lot, uh, when it comes to like actual plays and things like that, especially is, People listen to actual plays for different reasons. Uh, there are those who listen because they want to be invested in a story and they want to, you know, they like the personalities and things like that. Yeah. And then there's the other crew that are listening purely because they're curious about the game yeah. and they want to learn the game. Yep. So in a way there, you can do, you can do one and or the other, or you can do both where you're switching game systems and things like that. I think it takes a lot of guts to, to take. You know, like what Pedro, you're doing is you're, you've established yourself as one thing and then you're completely like changing things. But I think you're doing it at a perfect time because personally, I think that there's a little bit of oversaturation of fifth edition stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I want to do whatever's right. You know, we, I call us, um, I call us a games first podcast, which my definition is that. Like essentially, like we're tr- I'm trying to play for the group here first, and then I want people to like people are a fly on the wall kind of thing. Like at the end of the day, we need to be able to break. We don't want to take ourselves too seriously, stuff like that. So I want to run whatever game is best, right? But I do feel like that even if D and D was the perfect game, there's always going to be a part of me that goes, "Man, everyone out there is playing D and D right now." <laughs> like. Ooh, like, I mean, there's always room for anybody if they want to make it and whatever scene, whatever thing they're doing. But I do think, like, there are people, the leaders in the D&D podcast scene, whether intentional or not, they're going to set the tone for everybody else. Right. And so they're kind of going to be industry leaders. There's just no way around it. It's not like a diss. It's just how right. things work. Right. So I'm kind of excited about what Pathfinder might open up for us. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, it's funny. It reminds me of when we first started Gamers Table, there were hardly any uh, long-term actual plays. For the most part, it was talk shows and um, like interview shows. It was dominated. And in a way, it still kind of is. Uh, by the industry insiders, right? You're, oh, for sure. You're Ken and Rob and, and things like that, you know, and, and, and it's to me, actual play starting to do that now where you're getting the Joe Montenegro's and if I'm pronouncing his name right. No, that was right. Okay. Yeah. I just, I, I'll just call him what my wife calls him, that sexy motherfucker. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, things like that where you, you've got, you know, you've got, Luke Gygax, who, you know, I love Luke, but he's kind of in that bubble where he's got all of these like stars and things like that coming through. And like you said, Pedro, that's setting the standard. And I've seen you you see the memes and things like that of the DM is uh, is upset because players don't play like voice actors and things like that. And I I think it was um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Happy Jacks. Somebody said. Learning how to play D and D by watching Critical Role is like learning how to oh, fuck by watching porn. porn. Yeah, and and that's exactly never right. a good idea because if that that is your standard, if you're looking at Critical Role as your standard, you're always mm-hmm. going to be disappointed because not everybody can play that way. Mm-hmm. Not every game master can run that way. So to have that, <laughs> that variety out there. You know, and, yeah. and instead lower your standards. Listen to openly gamer theater. <laughs> exactly. Yes, we. That's right. We are the we are the third world of uh, of, of actual play podcast. 
it gets to that point where it's like, do I want to listen to another fifth edition D and D actual play? Because the bar is so high. If they don't reach that bar, it's like, okay, you know, like uh-huh. World Walkers, amazing with the the world building and things that you do, Pedro. It it blows me away, and I'll listen to your show. But that also helps that I know you and I've met you and things like that, kind of like what we were talking about with meeting the the people who make the games. It makes a big difference. So going and meeting a podcaster, if you're if you're listening to a podcast and know that the podcaster is going to be at Gen Con or whatever, go up and say hi because that will yeah. make their day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's an appreciation all around for sure. Going back to talking about Gen Con again. Oh, that's what this episode's about? Yep. The one thing that I I, I took notice of – which uh, uh, I made – I had joked about when we were there was the fact that Cosplay Deviants was there this year. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, which Jesus. I thought was uh, – I remember uh, it was not our first – it might have been one of our first years of going to Gen Con uh, with the podcast. You mean with Sean? Well, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and Sean because Cosplay Deviants was uh, just a little booth of these, you know, of these scantily clad women in, you know, in these costumes. I think I'm pretty sure there were nudes in there, though. Well, and then and yeah. this year it was completely sequestered. Yeah, and you had to be 21 to yeah, go in. Uh, well, I don't know if was it was it 21 18? or 18, yeah, but there way. was a line around the corner of all of these oh, dudes, my, yeah. and I was like, "What is going yeah. on?" I didn't even know what it was. It was until so we cringy. Walked. Like the, walking by that line was just so sad. Like, <laughs> was, like booth, where was that booth at? It was right across uh. from the. Uh, the 3D art. Yeah, uh, oh, it's close to. Is that what it that was like. Was? It was like. It looked like a desert over there. It was so thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was their oasis for sure. <laughs> there was so many, so many. Just like, do they not? Do they not know that they can just use Google to find those things that they're trying to find in there? Like, yeah, but man, it's, it's, uh, it's everybody wants a community, dude. It was so cringe. It was cringe walking by that. It had the longest line of anywhere we went by too, yep. and it was like, really, y'all just want to see scantily clad girls like dressed as your favorite characters? Like, cool, I guess, but yeah, is that really I didn't what know you came what it was. for? I just. I I was just scared. Yeah, I, I didn't know why. And I remember I the uh, the one year. I'm I'm fairly certain it was cosplay deviants. They had this one lady was dressed up and it was from some anime. I I couldn't tell you what it was, but she was literally bursting out of her her costume and everywhere. Yeah, you narrowed uh, it down real good to I, which I, anime I, I, that I, was. Yeah, I know, I know. all uh, of them. Sorry, <laughs> uh, but as she's walking around, she had this like like a wake of like oh, sad dudes following behind one of which was Sean. No. Um, and oh. I'm thinking to myself, no, at least now she doesn't have to walk around. She could just sit down and in, and, a, booth. in a booth and have oh, people come man. up and walk. But they had it completely like curtained off. Yeah. You had to be 18 or 21 to get in. Yeah. They only let in one or two at a time. They had a line wrapped around, around that thing. It was around the corner. And oh. I'm like, what? And, I, I, and it was like, what, the fourth day? Right when we yeah. were there, it was like fourth or fifth day, something like that. Well, it's it, both. Yeah, it was. Yes, we were there the third and fourth day. So these guys couldn't get in any of the other days. They like God, I've been waiting no, no. days to get I, in. I, I honestly, we had walked around a couple of times, and I went through that aisle one more time. I didn't stand in line. Eric went in line, um, and uh, <laughs> there were some of the same. It's like they go in, they come out, they go back to the back of the line oh, to go oh, in again. Geez. And I'm like, it's, it's like a roller coaster. <laughs> right. It's like I want to keep riding. Yeah. If if, if if the listener is one of the guys that went in there. 
cool. You do you. Well, tell us what exactly I'm what happened. But I, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> we're so curious. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't we weren't curious enough to curious go enough to go. But. Yeah, we weren't going to stoop so low as to go in. But hey, if that's your kink, you know, whatever. But you know, um, so, kind of talking about uh, like the scantily clad stuff. We walked by this like huge and anime stuff. We walked by this like giant anime area that had all this like all these uh, videos and things. And the first spot we walk up to, which is where Shannon led us, was nothing but hentai. <laughs> like it was like this room's I'm not I'm not exaggerating. The size of this room if every single spot was a blu-ray because it was a long table yeah. was nothing but hentai and Shannon was like we we're like looking around I go oh yeah it's nothing but hentai Shannon why'd you bring us over here and I'm speaking like really loud yeah. and I'm like what about this one babe hey what about this one yeah. I'm like shouting out like pulling them out hey babe what about <laughs> and she's getting red like stop it stop stop I'm like babe you're the one that wanted the hentai like why are you bringing me over here <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> we were actually there to look at uh, look for berserk, berserk for him yeah. <laughs> and yeah no she we it was good because she uh, uh, she was getting really red in the face. How far we've come, right? That it used to be you'd go into the anime section and there was like maybe like a hentai section. And now you have to go to the hentai section and to hope get that the they anime. have like a regular anime right. section exactly. somewhere back the way. I really yeah. think it was like half and half. Like I think it there was, was as of, much hentai as there it was. It was a lot of anime. fucking hentai. I, you know what though? I was really impressed to see the types of people that were actually just picking out hentai. Like it was just a normal like like they were at the bookstore. Like uh, I was like, oh, this one looks good. Yeah, like just a really nice, well dressed couple like looking at mm, yeah this one. It's, it's like one. one one of them doesn't really know what that is. Yeah. And the other one's like, oh, this one looks good it was it was almost like they were doing grocery shopping and like <laughs> like squeezing the mouth yeah they're right. like smelling it making sure it's just right uh, <laughs> that is one of the best parts about gen con though right is that everyone feels like they're <laughs> there for their own like they everyone can be who they want to be there at least yeah i i, I agree right. with that yeah. i mean you you yeah. we kid but i mean for better or worse uh, yeah there no. are um, there's some things you're like what what am I looking at? Yeah. I, I, one yeah. of my favorite uh, hentai stories is uh, was one of the years we were standing there, and we weren't at the hentai booth, but it was like next to it. And one guy was looking, and another guy comes walking up and stands right next to him, like uncomfortably next to the guy, and go. And as the guy like pulled something out, he goes, "Oh, that's a good one." And he was like, <laughs> "Man, I'm Aww. I'm embarrassed enough just standing here. I don't need your recommendation." <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's right a there. good one right there. Um, Page eighty four. <laughs> right, <laughs> walks away. Right. Like, there yeah. were uh, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of really amazing artists there, which there always is. But like this, there were a lot of a lot of really really good ones. I felt like the art area was bigger this year. It seemed to me that it was. Right? I think they expanded it. I a think they expanded bit. it. Um, there was instead of one section, it was like yeah. almost two. Yeah, it was like two. Yeah, it was like two. So there's a lot to look through, and there were some that was so gorgeous that I really wanted to like go and appreciate and look at it. But it was like I feel like I'm gonna look like a perv just sitting here looking at some of this because some of them were like this. This one lady did these beautiful. They were essentially nudes, but they were like fantasy nudes or something like that. And I was like, man, I really want to go look at those. But at the same time, if I go look at those, I'm just going to look like some creep, like staring at boobs. Like, <laughs> like, God, that's so sad. But I want to know the person that's buying that stuff and hanging it in their house. Cause right. like it was, it was gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't imagine walking into the house of someone that I see that hanging and 
Be like, that's uh, a that's an odd picture to hang up here above the <laughs> right fireplace. Above the right. Like, what, what what did you invite me over for? Yeah. <laughs> but there was oh man, there were so many just really cool artists. I really wish I had millions of dollars to buy some of it though, because some of it was like right. ten thousand dollars. What the fuck? And that's always something I wonder about too. I mean, God love those the artists that go there yeah. because you go to the, the the art section and like you said, they're they're just so beautiful and they they unfortunately the artists and whoever their handlers are or yep. whatever look so fucking bored yeah you know because they to stand there they to sit there or whatever for days and, and just they, have people like walk up to walk them by, walk up to them not buy shit and yeah. walk away yeah. but as sad as that is the biggest sad sacks are the fucking writers yeah uh, oh yeah the authors oh man i feel so bad oh. walking through that section because i'm not gonna buy anything no. and i'm on my way to the art the so, the author section? Yeah. For the writers that are there. Yeah, like the next the, to the writers there? Yeah. Uh if you know where the, the they have the art section where the all the artists alley. artists yeah. alley. Well, right before that, there's a section where it's just authors. Yeah. Right, you know, who like oh. self publish. Like novels and things yeah. like that. Oh no. Yeah. And it it's super, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> it's super cringy because you I'd have to imagine, like yeah. yeah. It's you're walking through I'm tired and, of being able to see things. Behold the written word. Right. Oh. And it's like, you know, oh, do do you like adventure? And yeah. it's like, oh, oh go away. Man. Please do not say that again to me. Yeah. Right. Because they're trying, they're trying to get your attention. And it's just and so it's hard. Oh, oh man. So, no, I dodged that bullet completely. Really? Uh, and so, but and the, they're actively trying to grab you. Yeah, to because talk they about don't have book. the art to draw you in, so yeah. they've got to try and talk you into what their story is about. Yeah, and there, to me, there's nothing worse yeah. than having an author tell me about their story. It's almost like listening to somebody tell me about their cool character. Yes, and I'm like, oh no, I don't <laughs> yeah, wanna, you know, I'm sure some of those stories are just. I'm sure they're really good. I'm sure there were some really good writers. And there was only one person that I saw actually buying a book that the reason they were buying the book is because they owned the others in this guy's series. Right. I was like, oh, that's cool. And you get to meet the guy and everything. That's cool. And I maybe I would have appreciated it more when I used to read more, when I used to have free time, which I have free time now. I just use it differently. I use I don't utilize it the way I should. But, you know, honestly, I don't know. Because I'm really, I'm really weird about books. It's – I have to – uh I'm one of those people I have to read like the first eighth of the book before I buy it. <laughs> like, right. I'll sit there in the bookstore or something and read like a few chapters and right. I'm like, all right. I like I'm kind book. of the same way. Meanwhile, you're married to someone who's just like, oh, book. Yeah, I yeah. love book. Pretty cover. <laughs> what? I'm kind of that way too. I get drawn in by the covers. You know what? And I've I've done that too. But every time I've done that, I've been burned. There's there's only been a handful of times where I've grabbed something that I was appealing yeah. and, it, and it turned out good. But yeah, normally I'll either stick to the authors I'm familiar with or people that have worked with those authors or something that, I, you know. Right. But yeah, the, oh God, yeah. When you saying that just brought back all like the cringe moments of me walking through and me hating walking through the authors because it was like, uh, don't talk to me, yeah, please. Don't I make don't, eye contact. Yeah, because right? yeah. uh, they look so desperate. Right. And it, I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they're doing fine. Or maybe they maybe they are. But it's and I understand they're selling their product, right? They're really trying to push their book and books are hard to push. Yes. Because you're asking someone to invest a lot of time into it, which right. with a game, obviously, you're investing a lot of time. But sure. it's, it's different. Right. You have the there's always control. something more visual about the game, and you can sit there and and that's the thing about one of the other things about Gen Con is the playtest basically everything. But if you are the kind of person who doesn't like to have somebody come up to you and try and pedal something. 
Gen Con is not the place for you. And I'm I'm not that person. <laughs> I hate when people peddle things to me. And it's funny because I work in sales, but I don't <laughs> I don't peddle things to people. Like I'm very it right, is, I'm it, very respectful of people's privacy and if they want to talk to me, they can't. If they don't want to talk to me, that's fine. It is funny because Brandon's so averse to going to like all these sorts of stores. Like uh, <laughs> we needed to like shop for furniture. Oh, God. And he's like Oh no! I like you. Just go and look at something, and then when you think you find something, right? Then I'll come. Because furniture salespeople are so slimy. They're, they're just so. <laughs> they're just so. They want you to buy something so bad because they're. And I get their commission. That's right. why. But I understand that, and I don't like when people just. I don't like people that just agree with me to agree with me. Like right. I don't want people to kiss my ass. I hate that. It makes me mad. Well, it's because then you're not like, is this really a good product or are you just kissing my ass? Yeah, don't patronize yeah. me. I hate it. Like, right. I can't stand it. And so I usually, yes, anytime we go somewhere that, that involves any kind of sales like that, I don't want to go. Like, right. I don't want to mm. deal with it I at all. I him. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean. Meanwhile, and, he's very happy to go to Gen Con. Well, at Gen Con, I can just go, <laughs> no, I'm good. And just keep walking. Like, right. they can't follow me. Did you not go, did you I not guess. go over there with the artist at all? No, I, I, a wide, uh, swath away. Oh, man. Like, actually, you missed out I, on, you missed out on some really cool stuff. There was actually, I mean, well, I, there's some really I, amazing artists there. Every other booth is swarming with people. So if I walk up and don't buy anything, it's me and seven other people not buying anything. If I walk into the artist area, it's I I that's just me. I'm there by myself. Like yeah. it's high noon. At least and with they're the, just staring at me. The, right. Uh, the artists <laughs> though, I don't feel like they actually bug you because they understand you're not spending five thousand dollars on the painting behind them. Right. That's because, cool. I'd have to assume. I, I was so avoidant that I can only sit and listen to stories. Yeah. They're no usually, <laughs> I, I don't think anyone from the artist area has ever like approached me or like no. tried to grab me. They typically they'll sit there and they're just kind of like waiting through the day. And then, yeah. because they sell mostly prints, like yeah. they're going to sell prints of the stuff. They they're have like trapdoor spiders. They're just sitting there waiting. <laughs> and then as, as soon as gotcha, you, bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, this year was the most I've ever spent in the artist alley for that same reason of yeah. like, I don't know. I just get because you're not bothered. No, because I am. Saying? No, because I am. Because I'm. I am. I'm nervous about going to a table oh. and looking at something and not buying anything. And so I usually avoid the. I usually there were a few. There were a few there. artists I talked to while we were there. Like like I complimented their work. Like right. I think it's a good thing if you see something you really like. Yeah, compliment it because some of those people were really good. Like, um, nice light, bro. I'm too poor to buy. Like it. I sent you, I sent you some <laughs> pictures of the stuff, some other things that I liked that were there. Mm-hmm. That's he was like, it wasn't like painting artist, but it was he was an artist of different sorts. I was gonna, I wanted to take a picture to show you because I was like, this is amazing, and I asked him like, hey, do you mind if I take a picture of this? Like, right. I want to, I want to show this to my. Oh, it was, uh, wasn't it like a? It was like a collage of characters from different, from like Avatar, right? The Last right. Airbender, and like there was another one of different, like different genres of things like that, and it was the way it was laid out was all these characters and all these settings all within one picture, and it was just really cool. It was a really cool way that he did it mm-hmm. and uh he was really cool he was like yeah that's fine and i was like do you have a card like because i'm like his stuff was good enough i'd probably i'd i'd adorn that on my walls like it was cool i always uh envision like someday you know like the the the, the magic day that i'm independently wealthy um <laughs> of going down that aisle and and like 
enlisting. Yeah, you know, this one here. No, no, for like chop, chop. for for like my own thing. It's like you oh, know, it's yeah. like I want to do. Yeah. I want to I I make like this commission. Game. Yeah, I, I, how much? You know, I want to talk to you about commissions. I want to do this and I want to do that. And I, I don't know, but I'm I, sure I, that's why they do that. And I'm sure it happens. Yeah, you know, and, and that's you know because that's kind of the dream, right? Is like I want to paint the cover of this RPG. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. why I'm there. I don't know how yeah, often that – Yeah, exactly. And I don't know how often that happens. I'm sure it probably happens more often than you'd think because, I mean, there were – every time, like, a new game comes out or something, some of the – like, the art – they don't always use the same artists, right? And I'm sure while they're there, because they have an industry higher-ups, there's somebody walking through there going, this guy. Like an art director. Or yeah, this this through. lady, like, this is who we want. I yeah. love their their art. This is what I want right. for our entire thing. Right. And I hope that that happens. Yeah. Um, I couldn't say that it does or not because I honestly don't know enough artists. Maybe they it, don't it, want that to happen. Maybe that's like too much work. Uh, <laughs> they're they're there showing off their ship, but the, don't hire me. Yeah, don't please don't hire me. <laughs> oh my god, I need OC's you to design. Only. I need you to design two hundred creatures and settings and like right. So Pedro, uh, any final thoughts on uh, Gen Con this year that you you want to talk about? My highlight, honestly, as corny as it sounds, was getting to meet all of you. As much as I was looking forward to getting my books and stuff like that, I've met every other World Walker, for instance. So meeting Shannon was super exciting. Um, She said that, like, oh, and then do you mind if at breakfast Eric comes? And I was like, oh! Oh, that would be awesome. Gamer's table, right? <laughs> and like getting to meet Brandon. I don't know. Those are the things that were super exciting to me. Like mm-hmm. walking around booths. It's cool, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. looked at a lot of cool stuff that I knew I would never buy. I took a picture next to the boss monster statue. <laughs> I tried to find um White Wolf. And that was not as exciting like, as the other things that happened. It's, uh, that, but, that is that is a hard hunt. But actually getting to meet all of you, I mean, that was the highlight. Like getting a, being able again, because my thing is talking. So like having that breakfast on Sunday was the thing I was most excited about. That's why I had to make calls. I had to find the right venue. I had to do my interviews because like, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that we had like the cool setup so that we could talk. So yeah. that I was proper like, toast. My, like I, I did thoroughly enjoy that breakfast and I'm not a person that's a good morning person slash ever eat breakfast ever. So and the fact that I enjoyed it is a, is a very big compliment. You should take that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also very lucky. My wife, Jess, who plays hopscotch on the, po- on the podcast, she is like extremely supportive of the experience. And what I mean by that is we all went down together, her and uh, me and then our daughter Willow. And they were like, you go do you do whatever you want there. We're going to have fun in our own way. And then we'll all meet back up at night or whatever. And so their big plan, I think one day was just to have a hotel adventure where they played Sims and got in the pool. Like <laughs> they, they make all of this happen just by letting me do whatever I want. So that was really cool too. But yeah, the breakfast was that was, that was my highlight to kind of piggyback off of that and now you have to say the breakfast you're like my highlight was probably uh the art print no um <laughs> no and and the uh mutual admiration card. 
society. It's that that breakfast. I didn't really know what to expect, you know, because it's like, oh, you know, good toast, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, just toast. I, I don't think I had. I don't think I had told him about the toast interviews no. whenever I asked him to come to breakfast. Which, so. Of course, we'll, you're going to have to tell because otherwise you're just oh, being sure. vague about it. No, it was it, legitimately. It's uh, it was the highlight because. You get to put faces to voices and you also get to, you know, there's nothing more intimate, at least, you know, as a group setting. Um, well, there's more intimate things you could do in a group setting. But um, for the most part, breaking bread with somebody <laughs> Eric. is, uh, yeah, not something that you're going to want to do in public. Um, but breaking, <laughs> breaking bread with somebody is definitely one of the more you know, personal things that you can yeah. do with somebody and, yeah. you know, you get to meet them, um, and, and talk. And we got, we had a wonderful conversation to the point where I was like, Oh, it's time to go already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time flew yeah. by, yeah. you know, and that's, I think one of my main things about Gen Con is, yeah, the, the, the dealer hall's nice and, you know, playing some games, but it's, it's meeting friends and then seeing them again. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't play very many games so like going down to the uh, shopping district of gen con is cool you know it's fun but i know i'm not gonna buy much like i'm not like a a dice hoarder so i spent (laughs) about 20 minutes walking around the chess x booth going hmm and i left with nothing um and they're all the same i mean they really are like i've got a chest full of them and it's cool but yeah, but the meeting people, the only other funny experience I had that I can think of is uh, we had a plan where I would go buy my books, get them signed, and then bring them back outside so that Jess could take them to the hotel. And that plan got messed up because she couldn't get back out to the road easily. And I got stopped by a Christian monk peddling like a series of books to me. And then I ran into a friend who was also from South Bend, but we never see each other. And my wife at one point said, okay, I'm here. I'm driving. I can't stop. And I'm running down the street trying to get to her. And I'm like, I can't make it. And my friend runs up alongside me, arms behind her like fucking Naruto. And she's like, give me the bag. And I was like, what? Give me the bag. I can do this. And I was like, I haven't seen you in four years, but all right. And she takes the bag and just... (laughs) <laughs> and takes off opens the door i've got jess on the phone so i can hear her on my airpods and all i hear is like hey kayla hey jess take the bag <laughs> and i watched the door slam oh my god and then we got selfies <laughs> uh, that's too good yeah that's amazing um but i i can tell the toast story if you want to yeah yeah I am familiar with the idea of the the atmosphere, or I think the general narrative that happens in Shadowrun, because I live in South Bend, where there is a sort of a similar situation going on with Toast, in that we have a growing disparity between the haves and the have-nots, <laughs> and that have-not it's fucking butter, and that is really weird that I have to say that in 2019. I, it's just weird. But so what happens is that every now and then I go to a diner up here because I want an authentic, trashy meal and small cups of coffee uh, so I can draw or do something like boring, like sit there and stare and think about what my life used to be like. And I can't do that 
Because when I sit in these diners, they bring me, quote unquote, toasted bread, right? And they don't have the butter on them. And I asked one time, I said, well, hold on. Could you send this back so they could finish it? Because it's not done yet. And they're like, well, we don't butter toast here. And I was like, what do you mean you don't butter toast in this diner? Like, if I order an omelet with sausage, you're not going to send out two fucking sausage links and a pile of eggs. Like, finish the meal. And they're like, well, no, because there's there's the the old people that come in here. They're very they're very particular about how much butter goes on their bread. So we just decided to not put butter on it. That way, it's easier. That is so bizarre. I was like, I don't want to hear easy. I want to hear finished. Like the old people are not going to be around much longer. They should leave. You know, of, of all the things they could do to leave the earth better, buttered toast is literally the least they could do. Don't leave this legacy for your children. Um, but alas, it's a growing trend here um, where more and more diners don't put butter on their toast literally because of old people. That is so Because weird. they're like, oh, you put so much butter on this. There's not <laughs> enough butter on this. What am I going to do now? So they bring out toast, but the toast is never fresh out the toaster. So you can't put butter on it. You can lay sticks of butter. Slices of butter on your toast, but it's not going to melt anymore because there's only a finite amount of time when you can finish the fucking meal, right? <laughs> I knew that when we were all going to get together, that I didn't, I didn't want to embarrass myself by revealing uh, my passion for you know <laughs> finished meals. You know, like you can't put the beans in the cup and call it coffee. <laughs> you also can't put the fucking toast in my plate without buttering it. And so I wanted to avoid that whole thing, which is working out great. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> I called around and I interviewed different breakfast restaurants. And I was like, I want to know, at the very least, do you butter your toast? And sometimes people would be like, yeah, why would you even ask that? And other people would say, no, 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 no. Voices trembling in fear in case the olds heard them. Right? <laughs> I, can, I can figure out. And so eventually I found that there were two places we could go. One which was downtown Indianapolis and one which is just fucking Denny's. It was like a few minutes away from all of our hotels except for one person. And when we found out we were going to have to deal with Indianapolis downtown traffic again and going back to when earlier in the conversation, my wife driving down the street while a Naruto is running alongside her trying to throw <laughs> bags into the car. So I'm not carrying around like 20 pounds of rules. We just didn't want to deal with the traffic again. And so luckily we ended up at Denny's, um, which even though one of us had mentioned that it was like a, a trucker destination or something like that, I think they also liked it. So I don't know if I was getting conflicting stories. But what I do know is that my bread was moist with fucking butter. <laughs> and, and it that's opened what's the important. door to new friendships. There you go. Well, Pedro, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Yeah, thank and you for having me. This is awesome. When Shannon said, like, do you want to be on Gamer's Table? And I was like, I have just been – I gamers table adjacent for all this time. I'm like, I hope they invite me. It'd be so cool. It's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I didn't know you wanted to be on it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I made like old people noises and stuff. Old people noises and stuff. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you joining us. We also appreciate you taking on Shannon for a game. 
<laughs> because that that helps everyone. Um, no, that's, <laughs> rude. that's just rude. No, it's, it's honestly amazing. Like she is. Like I liked our group that we had. I liked our aesthetic, but bringing Shannon into the mix just brings. It's like it's like the final piece of a puzzle when we thought that it was done. It's been such a perfect mix of all the different personality types we have now. And it's been such a great experience that we're actually bringing Shannon into World Walker's Cog, the other podcast that we do in season two, because Shannon brings such an amazing mix of like she's a yes and because she wants to push the story forward and keep the game going. But she also wants to drive a wedge between normalcy because she's as she calls herself an agent of chaos <laughs> and so she's like the butterfly and the hurricane in <laughs> one butterfly effect based uh location you this said you're cool. not a you're not a player right me yeah no i've played maybe five times in 20 20- all of this makes a lot of sense then <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for saying all the nice yeah. things, Pedro. Thanks for ruining it. Right. My husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love you, baby. So, but yeah, if people want to find the podcast, it's just type World Walkers into whatever podcast app you're using, or you can uh, jump on patreon.com slash worldwalkers uh, if you love it so much that you don't want your money. You want your money to be our money. <laughs> <laughs> it's money well spent. <laughs> thanks again for joining us uh, it was really yeah, cool and uh, you're welcome back anytime we'll just uh, awesome, throw it yeah, out there yeah. and uh, we'll, maybe we'll get into some of this uh, some of the other things you were like I that's a topic for another day so we'll, we'll maybe, <laughs> maybe get into some of those too so cool. alright if nothing else I'll see you next year Jenko absolutely button <laughs> <laughs> alright well thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you guys next time <laughs>